Welcome to Uncontained, episode 119. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render. On the show today, I speak with a member from Broken Lizard. You may know him from the movies Beer Fest, Club Dread, and Slam and Salmon, but most likely you know him as a maple syrup chugging Highway Patrol rookie named rabbit yes from super troopers and now super troopers 2 we talk about the new super troopers on the show and some of the shenanigans they get up to or shenanigans should i say that they get up to during this new movie dealing with mounties and uh and the canadian type their friends to the north we also talk about some things that eric has had to overcome in his life and possibilities of us becoming pirates together. So that's just a look into what's to come on this episode. I won't have you wait any longer. We'll get to the interview right meow. How are you doing today, Eric? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, man. Thank you for coming on. I know uh, you've been busy on the road and promoting your new Super Troopers movie that we've all been waiting for to come out. Um, So what have you been up to? What's your life been like recently? Yeah, well, I recently just got home after about eight weeks on the road promoting. I started with a 10-day stand-up comedy tour in Ontario. Went all the way, well, went all around uh, Providence of Ontario. And uh, my style of stand-up is not necessarily what you might think of a stand-up, I sort of do sort of storytelling and a Q&A, and I call it Super Troopers and a Meow, where I tell uh, stories from the old movie, new movie, and then show some clips of the new movie, and then uh, the movie was coming out in theater, so it's sort of a promotional tour. And I was traveling with, uh, I guess that you know, Tom Garland, a stand-up comedian who does traditional stand-up, and he and I were on the road together in Ontario for 10 days, and then I did a about a four-week tour with Broken Lizard, where we went to a different city every day, and we did a bunch of Indiegogo screenings for our backers, our contributors that helped make Super Troopers 2. And we did screenings with them, meet and greets. And then we had a series of premieres. And then I went on the road again while Super Troopers 2 is still in theaters. And I did another stand-up tour across the Midwest for two weeks. Okay, wow. So you've been kind of all over the place. <laughs> yeah. I hit almost every city in the United States in the last eight weeks. All right, man. All right. Well, I appreciate you taking time to talk to me today. So let's just jump into your movie here, Super Troopers 2. You want to just run through the plot summary of the movie without giving too much away, I guess? Yeah, sure. No, a quick a quick sort of summary is that after 9-11, we read a story about the United States reassessing the borders. And there were a couple of stone markings that were off on the Canadian border. And we sort of extrapolated on that and elaborated. And we said, well, would imagine if it was like 20 miles off. And a French-Canadian town got enveloped into the United States. They'd have to send a, a police force up there to an, impose American law, obviously, and the Canadians would not be happy about it. So we get sent up as the Vermont Highway Patrol to have to sort of be an occupying force in this French-Canadian town where they're very proud of their traditions and they don't want to become necessarily Americans And so until they figure out the demarcations and the borders and get everything um, we have to share jurisdiction with the Mounties. Okay. That's sort of uh, Super Troopers 2 in a nutshell. All right. And then I, you have some pretty uh, amazing cast in it as well, including, uh, of course, all the Broken Lizard guys. And uh, I saw Rob Lowe as well. Yeah, you know, we were big fans of Rob and Youngblood growing up and obviously Outsiders and some other great classics. And then he was in Austin Powers and Wayne's World and Tommy Boy, so he's done some iconic comedies as well, and so we thought he'd be a perfect fit. I uh, reached out to him, and he plays a 
our mayor, the French mayor, the mayor of the French Canadian town, who was a former hockey player. So that sort of fit into our, our homage to young blood. All right. Perfect. So as far as rabbit goes in super troopers Two, how has he changed as his role from being the rookie on the force to 16, 17 years later? <laughs> yeah, let's call it a couple years later. <laughs> okay. We'll just later. say a couple of years. I we... won't age it. <laughs> Um, well, that's sort of the, the, the fun that I get to have with it is that in my mind, I'm not the rookie anymore, but according to the guys I still work with, I have the least amount of jurisdiction. So technically I'm the low man of the totem pole, so they still haze me. <laughs> okay. I see. I see. So do you still have to go, uh, out in the woods and have relations with, uh, stuffed bears or anything like that? Any shenanigans? Well, in this one, we have a live bear that comes to me. Okay. We actually had it, we actually had that we had it written out more. We had a scene that was dealt quite a bit more, um, but it was it turned out very hard to get a real live bear, and we had two gigantic live bears on set to do much precision acting. They're uh, quite prima donnas, and they <laughs> like to own the set, but they're not very good at precision. It's very difficult to get them really to hit their marks and hit their uh, cues. So we had to cut a scene where I had an interaction with the live bear. But we do have a live brand in it in on the set, and one of them does uh, make the movie. Okay, yeah, it's all, I saw in the previews with uh, Farva. Correct. Yeah, I don't want, I won't give up too much, but the Mounties aren't happy, you know, that we're taking over their jurisdiction, so they put some live meat in our station, and that may or may not attract some wild animals into the station. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, and, man. So, uh, what was it like getting back together with the crew and uh, making Super Troopers too? I know you've done some work in between, but what was it like putting on the uniform again? Yeah, it was great. I mean, we've never stopped working together as a group. You know, after Super Troopers, we did Club Dread, Beer Fest, Slam and Salmon, and then we did a live national tour, and we've shot pilots for television and written a bunch of scripts. So we've been working nonstop. But we, uh, you know, we got a lot of requests from our fans to make a sequel. So after all these years, we decided to grow the mustaches, put the Ray-Bans back on. And uh, it was just a ton of fun. I mean, it, we know the characters so well, and we love hanging out set together. And then we throw guys like Rob Lowe and Will Sasso and Tyler Labine and Emmanuel Shrieky in there. And, you know, we just had such a blast on set, just cracking jokes. And um, that's probably the most fun time of making a film is when you're actually on set yeah and laughing and you know trying to figure out how to make the scene work and uh even improvising scenes and getting new jokes that weren't on the page so it's just a ton of fun it was great it's great everything about it's great so let's take a jump back to uh before before super troopers how did uh broken lizard get started yeah, we started as a sketch comedy group. Uh, we were all friends in college. We went to Colgate University, upstate New York. We were all friends in college, and some of us were doing plays, and other of us were just pals. And uh, Jay was asked to direct a play, and he didn't necessarily want to do a traditional drama. He wanted to wonder if he could put on a, create a sketch comedy group, and that was based on his experiences of working at Iowa West in Chicago. So he had some background in improv. But he wanted to put a sketch comedy group together like Monty Python or what you'd see on Saturday Night Live. Okay. And he asked a bunch of his funny friends to audition. And back in college, we had a large group of people. There's probably 11 of us at one point. And then after we graduated college, um, <clears throat> sort of the core of us went down to New York City and left the sketch comedy group at Colgate. We, after we graduated, that was called Chart Goosebeak. And then we formed Broken Lizard once we moved to New York City. And then we did live sketch shows in New York for about five years before we started making movies. 
Okay, cool. So how'd you go from charred goose beak to broken lizard as far as a name? <laughs> Both of them are interesting names. <laughs> you know, I think that we just loved Monty Python growing up, so it's sort of like uh, a little nod. Okay. Um, but I don't think there's any rhyme or reason to any of it, except we thought they were just kind of funny-sounding names. Uh, fair enough. Sometimes that's all you need, and it seems to have worked. <laughs> now, in addition to acting, I bring this up because I myself have had to overcome a few things. Um, like, at 27, I went blind in my right eye. Oh, wow. You were born without your fibula in your right leg. A fibula in my right leg, yes, that's correct. Okay, now, when Super Troopers came out, the original one, you haven't released that. What made you come out and, like, talk to people about your leg? Yeah, yeah, sure. I didn't start talking about it until quite a bit later in life, and um, the main reason was I wanted to be able to be cast in film and television without, you know, being typecast, per se, as somebody who had an artificial leg. I was nervous that casting directors wouldn't be able to see past the fact that I was uh, a person with a prosthetic and that I wouldn't be able to play able-bodied people. Um, oftentimes, you know, when you go to a, a casting session, they're sort of just looking for the easiest path. You know, they're like, oh, well, this guy fits the mold. This guy looks like he's big and tall and strong. He could play a warrior. Oh, this guy is shorter. He could play this part. You know, it's just, it, it's hard for people, I think, to see beyond what just, the description of the character is okay and so if I, I was very nervous that they would say well you're you don't have two legs you can't play this part um i was just just afraid of being typecast perhaps of if i talked about my leg too early that i'd only be seen as somebody that could play like a, a war vet or somebody that lost her leg in a car accident or perhaps you know somebody in a wheelchair um, and then i might just get typecast as that role not that there's anything wrong with that i just I just didn't want to be only cast in that role, and I was nervous that casting directors might only be able to see me as that part. So then, in that sense, I was working with these guys in Broken Lizard, who I'd known since college, and we were starting making films together, and it didn't matter to these guys. It didn't matter to Jay, who was directing. So I would play able-bodied parts, and I, was not, I wasn't playing a character that, you know, like in Puddle Cruiser or Super Troopers or Club Dread, you know, that had an artificial leg. I was just playing normal guys. Uh, different characters. And so I wanted to kind of collect a body of work up before then I could say, Hey, by the way, I don't know if you guys know this, but I've been doing all these movies and TV shows and I also have a prosthetic. So then it would have, I thought more effect to me. And then people could say, well, okay, cool. Wow. Well, you could play this person who got injured in uh, Afghanistan or Iraq or, uh, or you could play somebody that has two legs, you know, if you yeah. have pants on, you can't tell the difference. And so that's kind of why I didn't talk about it till after, let's see, oh, I think maybe it was Tunnel Cruiser, Club Dread, Super Troopers Club Dread, and maybe Beer Fest. I, mean, I, might, I might have had four movies under my belt before I necessarily came out about it. And the reason I did also was um, I was trying to get in shape for a movie, and I had done the test group for P90X, this extreme home fitness video. And I uh, became really good friends with this guy, Tony Horton, who's the main trainer in it. And during the test group, I was doing a sweatpants on. He didn't even know. And towards the end of the test group, I said, I, by the way, I, I only have one leg and I've been doing your program. He's like, what? That's amazing. <laughs> so he uh, asked me if I would be in this discipline called plyometrics and be in the video. And, you know, I never had any aspirations necessarily to be in an exercise video. And I thought even, I don't know, 
people might think I'm trying to do this as like an acting part. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I even had people come up thinking that I had done as an acting part and that's, you know, never my intention. That thought was kind of strange, but, um, he said, well, I get it. I get it. You don't want to do this, you know, and you'll be, you know, you're trying to not, not be seen as a person of the prosthetic, but you know, maybe there's a reason why you were born with this and maybe this is cool. You could help people. You know, there are people that are suffering from diabetes or different issues. And if they see that you're doing a prosthetic, well, maybe that will help them get off the couch and improve their lives. And I thought, wow, you know, Hey, maybe this is kind of a blessing in disguise. And uh, that was the first time that I started coming out and talking about it. Uh, when I did P90X in shorts and now since then I'm like, ah, well, everybody knows about it now is who I am. I think it was a good time. Uh, I did. I proved myself. I did a lot of stuff and now I can go out and talk about it. I do talk. I give talks to corporations and universities and, um, and now I just embrace it. It is what it is. Very. Another, I don't know if I was that I did embrace, but I just, now I'm more open about it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And also by putting in like being able to get those few movies under your belt, you escape being typecast as a pirate or something like that. And you and I together, we could be pirates. I got one eye that works. You got one leg. So, you know, we, we could uh, like join a pirate team or sail, sail the seven seas. Hey, what if the director of pirates, uh, the pirates of Caribbean seven is listening to this and he needs somebody call me. Yeah. Yeah. I would be happy to, I'm happy to be in pirates of the Caribbean. Me too. Me too. I'd I'd, I'd wear an right? eye patch. I'd be like, "Yar me mateys, right? I bite your heads and give you scurvy," or or something along those I lines. Think just, I think you just gave a great great audition right there. That was a great audition. There you go. My my first official or unofficial official audition. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, man. One of the quotes that I saw you put up um, in one of your videos was "foolish perseverance and uh, irrational determination." Where did that come from? Well, you know, I look back and I had so many challenges growing up, you know, like growing up, my leg was made of wood, you know, the fact you could even run on it. And like, as a kid, I kind of have, I, I think back, my God, I must've been a little delusional, right. In the sense of the fact, I think I, that I thought that I could ever do some of these things that I did. Like I loved playing baseball and I just played all the time and you know, had a wooden leg. I mean, but now the prosthetic technology has improved a lot and you got carbon graphite and cool stuff, but growing up, man, it was seriously just like a chunk of wood. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I loved, I had this foolish perseverance. I like to throw like the word foolish in front of it. Cause sometimes you have to be a little foolish. You have to be a little delusional to think sometimes you can do some of these things you can in life or uh, irrational. Um, I, I purposely use those words. Cause I, I think there's sort of a, a, you know, comedic factor to it. Like to look back, I think there's a little bit of delusion that you have to have to be able to think you can do some of these things. Like I love playing baseball. And so I played and played and played and I became the captain of high school baseball team. I only, I only had one leg. I couldn't necessarily run as fast as everybody else. Maybe I tried a little harder. And then, and then, uh, when you get into film and being on stage, you know, everyone's looking at you and you're on this gigantic screen and everything's based on perfection. And so I'm up there with like the huge imperfection. I only got one leg and I limp, you know, perhaps now you can't see it that much, but, um, I guess the idea to think that I could do it makes me feel like you have to have a little sense of foolish perseverance to kind of achieve your goal sometimes that makes complete sense right there so yeah you just have to i guess chase after things and believe you can do it whether or not other people think it's possible is that kind of what you're saying yeah i mean you know i don't always believe you can do anything that you set your mind to and i'm pretty deliberate when i talk about that in my speeches like sometimes you just can't be six foot seven to be a horse jockey or <laughs> but there are things that you could 
you know, sometimes you go down a path and you find, well, this isn't going to work, but it leads you to another path. Or um, sometimes you just have to try to find out that you can't do it and you keep moving forward. I do feel like you should at least sometimes try. And if you get to the road where it says, like, you can't do it, like, you know, I couldn't be a professional baseball player. I, I probably wanted to be when I was a kid. But if you could do anything you set your mind to, I'd be, you know, looking at my plaque at Cooperstown right now. But <laughs> I found something else that I loved and that was good at. So I, I found a different path. And so far, it's been working out pretty well for me. That it has. You aren't joking on that right there. I've been lucky. Um Okay, I know you have time restraints, so I'm actually going to cut quite a few of my last questions. I'll keep a few of them here, but just what advice would you have for somebody who is looking to get started out in the entertainment industry? Huh. Well, I would say if there was one piece of advice to ever give anybody, uh, we'd all be successful. Um, it's such a difficult, challenging business that so few people are ever able to succeed in that um, I don't know if one piece of advice is ever a blanket for anybody. Um, I think you have to have an incredible passion to want to do it and then know that there's going to be so many years of failure. Uh, you'll never make any money at it. Uh, you'll be living with 12 roommates in a shoebox for the rest of your life, You know, barely being able to make car payments. Um, but if that's what you don't, you know, if you don't care about that, you know, I do, I travel around doing some live shows and I, um, encounter a ton of stand-up comedians and half the time they sleep in their car and they don't get paid to perform and but that's their passion and they love to do it and if you you have to have that drive i think in a sense to be successful because if you're willing to do that for 10 years live out of your car for 10 years and you know just hold on at the end of the rope if you want to do that for like 10 years you know i think then you start creating possibilities so my advice i guess would be that you have a, if you have the fire in the belly to do it just know that it's going to be a long arduous journey but um, if you get your 10,000 hours in, things do tend to c come around the corner. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a life zero security uh, for probably the rest of the time. Like, I, I, I know actors that have been successful and been in TV shows and movies, but <clears throat> every job is their last job. And so, you know, you seem like, wow, you <laughs> were on a TV show really successful. Now they're still trying to find work and they're trying to pay rent, you know. So it's just a lifetime of insecurity. And I mean insecurity of not having financial security. Like maybe you get on a TV show and it gets syndicated and maybe you then have some security for a long period of time. But uh, that can be pretty rare. Yeah. And then when you get on that show and like, I don't know, I'll use Dustin Diamond as an example. You know, he was on Saved by the Bell for a long time, but now everybody just thinks of him as Screech. So getting another role that's separate from that may be hard yeah and i think you know he's out trying to do live shows and uh making a living but uh you're never you're never on easy street <clears throat> you're always trying to find that next job so if you don't mind uh a life of you know always having to find that next job just know that's sort of what the lifestyle is some people like it you know some people have no problem with that it's cool yeah, that's some great insight, though, onto into the business uh, from somebody who's lived it. Okay, so I'm going to skip over a few more questions that I normally ask for my listeners who, you know, might be expecting the five questions. I'm just going to skip to my final question of the show, which is the title question 
of the show. But before I do that, uh, one last time to plug uh, what you have going on, maybe some upcoming movies that you're working on as well, along with uh, Super Troopers 2, where people can find you. What's your corner of the internet? Yeah, I mean, uh, I try to give all my updates sort of on my social media. So I have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that kind of stuff. Um, currently, Super Troopers 2 is in theaters. It's kind of fun because I've been seeing a lot recently that there's a lot of uh, drive-ins. Like, it's been out now for about four, three, four weeks. I guess it opened on April 20th, but it's still in theaters. And uh, it's doing a lot of double plays with Deadpool 2. So Deadpool 2 and Super Troopers 2 are a lot of drive-ins around the country right now, which is pretty okay. cool. So if this comes out and uh, people want to go to a drive-in, kind of a cool double bill. And then uh, it's been traveling around doing some live shows where I could tell stories, have a lot of fun doing that, have some shows coming up uh, in Texas. And and then in addition to that, you know, I'm always writing and trying to set up this um, uh, kind of a web web series that I've shot as a director, trying my hand at directing, which is a comedy. Uh, still trying to figure out if it be short form or if I'll develop it into a half hour, but um, that's been a lot of fun. That's called Dick Apple's Supper Club. So keep an eye out for that. <laughs> I like the name. And then uh, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, Kirby Enthusiasm meets Cheers, but uh, it's still in development stage. We shot a bunch of footage, but we'll see where it goes. And then uh, with Broken Lizard, we're going to hopefully continue to keep writing projects, and we'll see if we can't get maybe a Super Troopers 3 off the ground or something like that. All right, cool. Well, I will put uh, your social media in my show notes so people can find you there. Um, do you have a website as well? Yeah, for my, it's mostly for speaking, kind of informational website, ericstolhansky.com. And, um, and mostly it's for anybody at a university or a corporation that is looking for a keynote speaker. I basically tell my story of overcoming having a wooden leg as a kid and going on to make movie super troopers. And, uh, you know, this applies to you, applies to everybody. I, I say that everybody has a wooden leg. Everybody sort of has something that's their wooden leg. It's not unique to me in the sense that everyone is trying to overcome something, some challenge that they have, mental, emotional, physical. Yeah. Uh, we all have a wooden leg of some sort. Definitely. Yeah. So check that out if you want Eric to come speak at your school, business team, organization, uh, wherever you want him to speak. So check that out. And it is time for the final question, Eric. Nice. Let's do this. Yes. Eric Stolhansky, how do you live uncontained? Uncontained. Meaning that, uh, I, you know, maybe it is uh, going back to a childhood where I had um, something unpredictable in my life. And that was uh, having a wooden leg. Run around the high school, uh, my elementary school, kids would take off my wooden leg, chase people around with it, you know. I had sort of an unpredictable growing up, so it was maybe a sense of never having security, per se, that uh, allowed me to take risks. Maybe um, I became a risk taker at an early age because of that, and it kind of maybe gave me some security when I got into college to take risks, get into comedy, you know. I, you know, The thing was, I moved down to New York, and I was working with these guys in Broken Lizard, and this is sort of the advice I may give somebody, is that, when you surround yourself with other people, it makes it a hell of a lot easier than doing something on your own. Uh, there were moments when we would have terrible shows or go to a, a, you know, a show and there's no one in the audience, but you always had each other to fall back on. And that uh, it gave a nice sense of team and other people have your back and the sense of like, well, maybe we can move on in this together and keep proceeding forward. So um, I, I like that idea of having a, a group, some uh, people to help you when things get rough. Yes, that is huge. Uh, support network, right? 
Yeah, yeah, support network and uh, kind of finding like-minded people to help you. Because like when you're writing comedy, as you know, you know, stand-up, um, oftentimes you write a joke and you're like, ah, I think it's funny, right? But when you're working with a group, like we have five of us and we bounce an idea around, somebody may say, well, I get where you're going with this. How about if we try this? And we call it riffing, right? We'll take an idea and by the end of the riff, you might not even have the original sort of words that you were thinking of, but you have a better joke. Yeah. Because it's all bounced off of each other for an hour or two of just riffing on it uh, until you find something that really works. But you have this group of people that uh, help hone a, help hone a joke, sentence, you know, paragraph, uh, script, all anything of the above. Definitely, man. That right there is very helpful, too. So that kind of could go in the advice category as well. Um, I would like yeah. to thank you for coming on, making time to get on the show um, with your busy schedule. I know you said you were back home and then going to take off in two days to go out on the road again. So thank you. And I'd also like to thank uh, Tom Garland for helping set this up, being the middleman in this whole situation. And I have one final thing for you to do before we uh, get you on your way. Yeah, before we say it, I mentioned Tom Garland. I just want to say, yeah, I took, I've been uh, doing live shows with Tom, and he's been uh, warming up before I go on stage. And a very funny comedian. You guys ever get a chance to check out Tom Garland? He's just been uh, killing it on this last tour. Um, so, yeah, he's in, I think he's in Vegas warming up for um, Tom Green right now and um, and some other guys in jackass and stuff like that very funny comedian tom garland yes check him out uh I'll, I'll even put a link to his social media in the show notes if you want to uh check him out as well and he was on episode one and 100 of uncontained cool i have one final thing for you to do eric and that is sign off the show eric will you do me the honor of signing off the show today sure sure let me do this all right Hey, you're listening to Rabbit, Eric Stolhansky from Super Troopers, Super Troopers 2, closing out theaters right now. Go check that out. And you know what? Hey, life's unpredictable. We all got wooden legs, whatever that may mean to you. So uh, take some risks. Live your life with foolish perseverance. Be a little delusional sometimes in thinking what you can do. I'm Eric Stolhansky, and I live uncontained. All right, you pirate. Talk later. And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and a huge thank you to Tom Garland for helping set this interview up. Make sure you check him out at TomGarlandComedy.com, and I also have his social media in the show notes so you can see if he's coming anywhere near you. And thank you to Eric Stolhansky for joining me, and uh, you never know, we we could end up being pirates in the next uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie. You'll just have to wait and find out and see what happens, but until then, you should definitely go check out Super Troopers 2. It's in theaters now and as uh, Eric said in some places at the drive-ins it's playing as a double feature with Deadpool 2 and that my friends is a kick-ass combination so check that out and until next time live uncontained